Man, I am super, super excited for this series at the movies. Man, it is such a great opportunity for us to look at some incredible movies through a biblical lens. But, but if that freaks you out a little bit, don't worry if you're new to this whole church thing or this whole Jesus thing. Uh, or, or maybe you've been around church for a while, but you've never been a part of something like this. That's totally okay. Uh, we're just so glad that you joined us. So, so basically what's going to happen is for the next four weeks, we're going to check out four different movies that have all come out in the last couple of years and look at some of the themes from these movies and how they mirror truth that we find in the Bible. Uh, you know, another awesome thing about this series is that there, we have four different churches that are all coming together to make this thing happen. And I just love it when churches function as Jesus intended. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus commissioned his followers and established the church, he instructed us to work together and he promised that he is gonna grow his church. And so anytime that we can collaborate and work together, it's always a good thing. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite movie theater snack as we dive into the first movie of the series, Rise of Skywalker. I love Star Wars. I mean, I grew up on Star Wars. Luke, Leia, Han, come on, Chewie, C-3PO, R2-D2, and let's not forget Yoda. But in episode nine, we see a whole new generation of fighters, the resistance. And not only are they fighters, they're friends. In this scene, we see one of the resistance, Commander Poe an ally and friend of Rey, the female Jedi Master. Poe is having a conversation with an old blast from the past, and she's offering a path to leave the resistance behind. She offers a medallion that represents an escape from this battle, which seems to be sure defeat. Poe claims he can't walk out of the war or walk out on his friends. They've cried out for help, and no one came. But Pope still refuses to abandon his ideals. Even with the temptation of a chance at life, Poe admits that he's starting to lose hope, and she claims they win by making you think you're alone. And then hopefully she goes on to say, but there's more of us. There's more of us. Like, this has been the hope the belief that has been driving the resistance and it's been what's been carrying them through some of the darkest moments when it seemed as though like all hope is lost. Uh, and, and then they would like meet one person who, who reminded them of the truth. Uh, but, but there are other times when, when it seemed as though like everything was lost and all that they have to like cling onto is just this, this hope. And as a Jesus follower, like I know for, at least for myself, like sometimes doesn't it feel that way? And maybe, maybe you're feeling that way right now. Maybe it was like an awful diagnosis or maybe he left or she left or, or maybe your money's running out. I know for, for us, uh, you know, in this, in this initial season of, of this new church, Union Flint, my wife, Laura, and I, like we've felt like this at times from, from key people leaving or being asked to leave from personal attacks and health problems and cyber attacks and spiritual attacks on our leadership team and their families. It's honestly kind of felt like it's been coming at us from every angle in like an unrelenting wave. Uh, and, y- and yet we have this hope. We have this hope that there's more of us. Uh, and sometimes for us, like that hope was, was so strong and it almost made these attacks feel like, like they were like almost nothing at all. But, but then there was other times where we were like barely holding on by a thread. And it seemed like if even just one more thing happened, like we would just break. 
but but here's what I've come to recognize that that being in a place of brokenness like it puts me in a posture of desperation <laughs> that that I'm desperate for the Lord to show up that if he doesn't show up then then it's like all over and, and this happened just a couple of weeks ago like I I received a text from someone who I thought was going to be a key leader at Union and uh, and they felt like God was calling them to move in a different direction, to serve at a different church, to serve in a different ministry. And I don't know, it just, it just felt so like overwhelming. And so I, I, w- I went for a walk and just started praying. And as I was praying, I started crying and just started pleading with God, like in utter desperation. <laughs> and then he answered. Like, and it was, such, it was such an incredible blessing in that moment, j- just to have that, have that time with God, like in that, in that posture of desperation. And I tell you what, be, being desperate for Jesus, it's such a good thing. It, it's, it's such a good reminder that, that he's in control. You know, that, that in spite of being surrounded, regardless of what I can or cannot see, that he is building his church, that he's gonna take care of me and my family be, because I'm a child of the king. I think especially for us as Jesus followers, like this is such a good reminder. But, but if today you're, you're unsure about this whole Jesus thing or you're unsure about who Jesus is, uh, and, and maybe you're in one of those places in life or, or maybe you're just on the other side of one of those places of desperation that, that you're crying out for some sense of hope. Like, friend, Jesus is that hope that you're looking for. And you, you might find temporary relief in like money, sex, power, food, drugs, toys, vacations. I don't know what it might be, but, but I can promise you this, that it's only temporary. Jesus is hope. He is who every single person on the planet is desperate for, in desperate need of Jesus. And if you're in that place of feeling desperate for hope today, if your soul is yearning and longing, you're desperate for Jesus. 2,000 years ago, when, when Jesus was nailed to the Roman cross and he was executed, he gave up his life so that you could experience freedom, life, and hope. His death was payment for your sin, for, for all the times that, that you messed up. Like he paid the price on your behalf. And today, like even right now, if, if you'll trust in him, that, then he'll exchange his perfect life for your sin. And, and you can begin to live out that life, that, that life, his life, that brings hope, and love and joy and peace and contentment and self-control. And, and I know this, that the more that you get to know Jesus, the more that you get to experience all of those aspects of his life. Like Jesus is hope. He is the hope that you're looking for. And, and you, can, you can even right now begin that relationship with him. You can experience that hope by just simply asking for it. Uh, there's this, this passage, passage that the apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament in Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You, you'll be able to experience that life. You'll be able to experience hope. And so, so friend, if, if that's where you're at, you can do that like right now. I, I would encourage you just to like close your eyes and just, just talk to Jesus and just say, Jesus, I, I, I trust you that what you did, you did for me. And I wanna experience that life in you. And I, I tell you what, this theme of hope, like, like when, we're, when we're totally surrounded and, and in that place of desperation, it, 
It, it strikes me that it's so similar to actually a story from, from the Old Testament, from the, the first half of the Bible, uh, in, in, as it's going through the history of, of the, the nation of Israel and kind of laying out like God's plan for salvation for all of humanity. And as he's, he's wanting to work through the nation of Israel, and there's a story in, in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 13 through 17. It's such a great reminder for, for all of us. And just to kind of set up some context, there, there's this guy, uh, the king of Aram, who was an enemy of the nation of Israel and wanting to attack the nation of Israel. Uh, he was gonna try and go after one of God's prophets, one of, one of God's chosen people, this, this guy named Elisha. Uh, and, and so he, he surrounds Elisha and then Elisha's servant, he saw this vast army surrounding the city that they were in and he felt so overwhelmed. Uh, but, but here's the thing, like Elisha could see what the servant could not. And so, so check this out. Here, here's what happens. Is it, in, in this passage, it says, go find out where Elisha is, where he is, the king orders. So I can send men and capture him. Uh, the, the report came back. He is in Dothan. Then, then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord. What shall we do? The servant asked. Don't, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when, when all seemed lost and hopeless because of the, the vast army of Aram, Elisha knew that the Lord had sent an even greater army, uh, an, an angel army to guard and protect him and his servants. The, the army of Aram was, was actually sent into mass confusion that day and didn't even touch Elisha. The, the same thing happened when the resistance fighters, like specifically Poe, when, when they thought that they were outnumbered and alone. Like the, the, the massive force that was coming against them seemed so overwhelming. Uh, and yet two different times, Poe was reminded that there's more of us. Just like Elisha prayed, like we need to recognize that, that there's a spiritual realm that we cannot see. And yet it's real and it's powerful. And, and there are massive implications in our physical lives because of what actually happens in the spiritual realm. Like, like this isn't just some like mystical, like movie theater magic. Like this is what Paul meant when he said that, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the evil forces that are at work in this world. And so we, like all of us, if you're a Jesus follower or not, like we all have an enemy. He's an enemy to all of creation, an enemy to everything that's good and right in the world. Like he hates us. Our enemy hates us so much because we are loved by God, because we are his creation. And our enemy is absolutely consumed by his hatred towards God. This might seem overwhelming, but I tell you what, I am so grateful that our God is stronger than anything that the enemy could throw at us. In episode nine of the Star Wars saga, this scene starts in the shadows. Darth Sidious Palpatine, also known simply as the Emperor, is a human male Dark Lord of the Sith and Emperor of the Galactic Empire. <laughs> Stay with me. He's speaking to Kylo Ren, the Supreme Leader of the First Order, the bad guys. Okay, let's stop here. Quick recap, if you only know the OG Star Wars from the 70s, Kylo Ren is the alter ego of Ben Solo, son of Princess Leia and Han Solo. Yes, they had a son. 
Darth Sidious is trying to remind Kylo Ren that the dark side of the Force is a more powerful pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. As Darth Sidious emerges from the shadows, Kylo Ren pulls out his fiery red lightsaber and asks, what could you give me? And Darth Sidious answers confidently, everything. He entices him with a new empire. Up from the ground, a fleet of star destroyers, the might of the final order. These flying battleships are ready for the taking if Kylo Ren just asks for it. All he has to do is kill the girl. Speaking of Rey, our fierce heroine, the human female Jedi Master who fought on the side of the Resistance in the war against the First Order. Darth Sidious pleads for Kylo Ren to become what his grandfather, Vader, could not. Remember? Luke, I am your father. <laughs> Luke is Leia's brother, Leia is Kylo Ren, Ben's mother, making Darth Vader his grandfather. Okay, now that we're all caught up to episode nine of Star Wars, let the story continue. Man, for, for those of you who know this movie well, you, you, you'll, you'll recognize it. This is actually one of the opening scenes of the movie. I mean, talk about being surrounded, being outmanned and outgunned. Like, and, and this is also where we're first introduced to Emperor Palpatine, like having been raised from the dead, right? That he's like this puppet master. At one point, he actually even tells Ren that he's every voice that he's ever heard. I mean, so, so much like the enemy that opposes us, like our enemy he seeks to steal and kill and destroy. It, it's not like our enemies out there just trying to like simply distract and discourage and disappoint us. No, our enemy, much like Emperor Palpatine, is trying to absolutely annihilate us. Like our enemy wants to destroy marriages. He, he wants you and I to get so wrapped up in sin that it completely wrecks like every aspect of our life. He wants to make sure that you never live with any sense of purpose. He, he is the reason that like anxiety, depression, and suicide is at an all-time high because he's out to steal and kill and destroy. But, but the power of God, it's greater than that of the enemy. I tell you what, like if you're facing debilitating anxiety or depression or who you're wrestling with thoughts of suicide, there is hope. All is not lost. And I'd encourage you, like if, if that's you, like please talk to someone today. Like don't let this moment pass without seeking help and hope. If you're watching online, like send, send in a private message. Let us know what's going on. We'd love to reach out and, and to talk with you and help you. Uh, if you're in the room today, like don't leave without telling someone, without telling a pastor or, or an, another leader in, in your church. But before we go any farther, like if that's you, if, that, if that's where your head's at and you're wrestling with that, like can I, can I just pray for you? Let's all pray together. I wanna, I wanna pray for you. Heavenly Father, I, my, my heart is burdened for those that, 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 that just sometimes feel overwhelmed and consumed with whether it's anxiety or depression or even so, thoughts of suicide. God, God, I just pray that even right now that you would whisper to their hearts that there is hope. There is hope because you have conquered sin and death and the grave and that you are offering to each and every one of us hope and life and joy and peace. 
And God, so for, for anyone today that is struggling with any of these things, would you just even right now, just bring them, bring them relief, bring them comfort, that your Holy Spirit might, might just speak to their hearts. And God, would they have the, the courage today, before they leave, to speak to someone, to let someone know what's going on, uh, so, that, so that we might together, as a church, rally around uh, and, and provide whatever help is needed. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, well I, I tell you what, like in the movie, like this is, this is also the first time that we're introduced to this idea that this force has the power to heal, like that it has the power to even bring someone back from the dead. Uh, and Ray, who is like the, the hero of the story, she first experiences these new newfound powers near, near the beginning of the movie uh, when she comes face to face with this enormous like snake-like creature. And it's such a powerful scene. I was gonna show the scene but because I love my wife, who absolutely hates snakes, I decided against it, right? Uh, just a little free marriage advice. Happy wife, happy life. So it didn't show that scene. Um, but, but I tell you what, like, it's, it's raised, it's her compassionate heart that enables her to see the hurt and the pain in others. Like all throughout the movie, there's this epic struggle between Ray and Kylo Ren. And, and even though she's constantly met with resistance and even many attempts made on her life, like, it's her love and passionate pursuit of redemption and reconciliation that begin to change the destiny of Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren and Rey begin to battle on a raging ocean planet. In this intense scene, the battle is between good and evil. Kylo Ren gets the best of Rey, but just as he is about to strike her down, the scene shifts and Ben hears the voice of his mother in his mind. Princess Leia. Yes, I know, spoiler alert, it doesn't look good for Leia. But as Leia lays down and breathes her last breath, Ben pauses, sensing the loss of his mother. Ray takes advantage of the moment and grabs his lightsaber to stab him. Ray also senses Leia's death in this moment and withdraws the fiery red lightsaber from Kylo Ren's abdomen. The two are left dismayed at a loss of Leia. Rey uses the Force to heal Kylo Ren's wound, and for the first time in this scene, we hear Rey speak through her tears. I wanted to take your hand, Ben's hand. I don't know, what, what do you guys think? Like, was it foolish for, for her to heal Ren? Like, maybe even to forgive him? Check this out. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, it says this, like, uh, it says, then Peter came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Like, seven times? And before you get, like, judgmental on Peter, like, why are you so stingy, Peter? It's like, so Peter, he's one of Jesus's closest friends, and someone who would later become one of the most significant leaders in establishing the church in the first century. Like, he thought that forgiving someone seven times, like, that's like the Jewish number of perfection. That, that seven times was like so over the top, like generous and gracious to someone who had offended them. And honestly, like it is pretty generous. I, I don't, I'm not gonna speak for all of you, but I know for myself, like how many times does it take before like I, I get really upset with someone? Like not seven, like maybe like two or three times. Like how many times have you gotten just so annoyed at someone? Maybe it was your husband or your wife or maybe one of your kids or one of your neighbors. Like you told them to do or not do something like two or three times. 
They're still doing it. It's driving you mad. Uh, and, th- and then unfortunately, like I know for me, like I- I've just like lost it, like blown a gasket at my kids because I told you two times, I told you three times and you still are doing it. Like what's wrong? But you know, then, <laughs> then I'm in the wrong. Then what I've done is way worse than what they've done. And I got to go to them and be like, man, like Landon or Charlotte or Aiden or, or Laura, like I-, I was wrong for losing it. Like, will you please forgive me? Like, I, I, I think that for many of us, like seven times, it's, it's way more patience than most of us have. So let's not get too judgmental at Peter here. So this is how Jesus responds. He's like, no, not, not, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. It's like, what? Are you crazy? Like, that's just, that's just nuts. Like, but isn't that what Jesus does to all of our standards? He totally flips them upside down. Like, it's because he's calling us to a better way of life. He sees something in us that we can't see in ourselves most of the time. He, he sees abundance. He sees freedom from the tyranny of being fair, right? He sees life. He sees true, real, abundant life, this full life. He sees that in you and he wants it for you. He wants you and I to know hope. Hope that there's more of us. Hope that we're not alone. Hope in the midst of the darkness. Hope that our enemy is defeated. Like that's why Jesus came. That's why he gave up everything. He gave up his own life so that we could have this abundant life and real hope. In the culmination of the rise of Skywalker, Ray and Kylo Ren at this point has become good and goes by Ben. I know all the names, but stay with me. Ray and Ben are captured by Darth Sidious. As the scene shifts, we see Poe in a fighter ship looking defeated. Poe on his headset addresses the entire fleet in frustration that he thought they had a shot, but it looks like the battle is over. There's too many against them. As the iconic Star Wars theme begins to play, you know the one. Dun da 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 dun dun da 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 A voice comes over the intercom and reassures Poe, but there are more of us. And thousands of allies emerge from the stratosphere ready to fight. They take the upper hand in the battle in the skies. The scene shifts back to Ben and Ray, who have had their power drained as Darth Sidious stands over them. Darth Sidious unleashes a devastating lighting attack. As Ray lies in defeat, Watching over her friends fall around her, we hear the familiar voice of Obi-Wan calling out to Rey and urging her to rise up and take the challenge in front of her. She's surrounded by the Force. You know the Force. May the Force be with you. You know I had to say it. (laughs) With every second, she gains strength. As she rises before the evil Darth Sidious, using Ben's lightsaber, Rey overcomes the darkness and destroys Darth Sidious and his evil plans. Overcome with exhaustion, Rey collapses and Ben emerges and rushes to Rey's side. Using the last of his strength, he heals her. As she whispers in disbelief, Ben, in this final act of selflessness, like Kylo Ren, he, he's given up his allegiance to the dark side and, and he's embraced his true identity as Ben 
solo. And he finds hope and family and redemption, like what he's been searching for all along. And, and there are certainly differences that exist between like praying for healing, like we see all throughout the pages of the Bible and the force healing from Star Wars. But the analogy exists regardless that through the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity, we got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. Like, I, I don't fully understand it, but that's what it teaches us in the Bible, and so I believe it. Like, the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now flows in us as followers of Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says this. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, lives in me. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Friends, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. But by dying and defeating death through his own resurrection, he showed his authority over death. Jesus is the source of life. Jesus is the source of resurrection power. Jesus is hope we then are the conduits of that power because we have the Holy Spirit living within us as Jesus followers. As Jesus followers, like we spend way too much of our lives ignoring the fact that we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. Ray, she, she committed a ton of time training herself to understand the force and learning how to wield it. And, and while we certainly don't like wield the Holy Spirit, we can get to know him. We get to know him by spending time with him, by reading the Bible, by praying, by spending time in quiet reflection. Find a daily rhythm and commit to it. Commit to this training. Commit to spending time with the Holy Spirit so that you may understand him and know when he's trying to direct you to do something or to say something. I promise it's something you can learn. The power of the resurrection of Jesus flows through you. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore him. Jesus follower, it's time that we live in this freedom, in this hope. The power of the resurrection lives in you. And this means that you have the power to forgive someone 70 times seven. This means that you have the power to boldly share this incredible hope that we have in him with others. Like sharing, sharing about Jesus with your neighbors, with your family, with, with your one. This means that when you feel all alone, when life seems to be crashing in all around you, you have hope that, that, that you can choose to believe. You have hope that you can choose to believe that there are more of us. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for, for the fact that there is hope, that even when you feel surrounded, even when like, it feels like life is crashing in around us, that we can cling to that hope. And sometimes, sometimes when you cling to that hope, it, it just, it like, the attacks brush off like nothing. And sometimes we're, we're clinging to that hope like it's the last thread in our lives. But Jesus, I thank you that you are hope and life and freedom. And God, I just pray uh, that today that we would learn to live in that hope. So Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that there is more of us. I thank you that hope is greater. And pray all this in your name. Amen.